And what we realized was that it's not just about life insurance. You know, people don't wake up every morning thinking about like, how do I buy life insurance? Uh, but when you become a parent, really everything changes for you. You start to think about uh, financial products and legal services that you've never even had to consider before. So life insurance is one of them, but getting a uh, last will and testament put together is another. And then you really do have to start thinking more seriously about your finances and how they map with your partners. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Having a kid encourages a lot of families to start thinking differently about their finances. Sure, life insurance is part of that discussion, but so is creating a will and getting your financial info secured in one place. Adam Erlbacher is co-founder and CEO of Fabric, which provides sort of this organic experience around getting a new family's finances in order, centered around life insurance. Adam joins us on the podcast to talk about his own personal experience with life insurance and how that inspired what Fabric is building. Adam was formerly COO at Simple, an early digital bank, and we discuss how that experience influences the way he's looking at fintech and digital finance. Adam Erlbacher is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Dal here at MX. I wanted to let you know about Digital Banking Week, the online event of the year, and it's totally free. You'll get access to more than 20 industry-leading speakers like Dan Ariely, Jim Maroos, and Theodore Lau. Register at digitalbankingweek.com. You don't want to miss this. My name is Adam Erlbacher, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fabric, which is a modern life insurance provider that offers a one-stop shop for family financial protection. So before we jump into Fabric, Adam, I want to hear more about your background. Um, you, ha you have a lot of experience in, in fintech, so can you tell us a little bit about how you got here? Yeah, so I, um, I started my career at J.P. Morgan uh, doing leverage finance, so I, I do have some, like, quote-unquote, uh, like, real financial services banking experience, uh, legacy experience. Uh, and, you know, after that, I worked in a, a number of startups, um, one was a, uh, an, an early AI company called Colloquist that built uh, these bots that you could have conversations with on services like uh, AOL Instant Messenger, if you remember that. We built a bot called Smarter Child that was chatting with 12 million people. Many, uh, many folks fondly remember chatting with Smarter Child back in the day. It was like chatbots uh, before they were called chatbots, right? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was it was an early early chatbot company, um, and we had these very popular kind of media properties um, that folks were chatting with. But really, the main business was providing conversational customer service, and we had clients like uh, uh, Comcast and um, and Time Warner and Vonage and AT and T were using our our products for uh, for customer service purposes. Um, we ended up selling that company to Microsoft, and uh, then I went to business school. Um, and, uh, and while I was there, I started a company called PlaceFind, which is an online marketplace for product placement and sponsorship deals, um, that we ended up selling, um, in, in a few years to a, a digital ad agency. And then, uh, and then after that, I got introduced to Josh and Shamir at Simple, the co-founders at Simple. And I was just really, really excited about the mission of that company, which is to, to make banking worry-free. And that was... That was back in in two thousand and nine, so sort of in the in the depths of the financial crisis, and um, I, there was just a huge opportunity that we saw to reinvent personal banking and bring a truly modern experience um, to the public. How we so, made banking really safe? Um, I, I <laughs> safe is is one <laughs> is a different sort of question. I think I think we have made banking a, a much better, much more human experience than it used to be. 
uh, before you had sort of the offline world and an online world that, that pretty much was, was straight up broken. And, um, you know, I, I think Simple helped usher in the age of, of modern banking where um, you have a lot of, like today you've got some really exciting companies that are challenging the status quo and further pushing the incumbent banks to make changes. But I think you have seen the incumbent banks really uh, respond in many ways and bring a more modern approach to, um, to I think, the public's benefit. So I worked on Simple for uh, for over four years. I was the chief operating officer there. Um, you know, we built that company up to a few hundred employees, about half a million customers. Uh, it was sold to BBVA back in 2014, uh, and Simple remains sort of an independent subsidiary of BBVA, um, still based in Portland, Oregon. And and where did the idea for Fabric come? Did it start uh, sort of while you were at BBVA? What happened in between BBVA and today? Yeah, so I'm... I'm from New York, uh, you know, born in the Bronx, raised in New York City and in New Jersey where, um, where I had most of my childhood and grew up and went to high school. But, uh, you know, my, the reason that we started Fabric is uh, it, it really was where I was in my life. And I had no intention of actually starting a company in the life insurance industry. But after I, um, I moved back from Portland to, to New York, um, you know, we got an apartment. My son had just turned, turned two years old. And I went to go buy life insurance. And I was just really shocked at how arcane and, uh, and odd the process was. You know, it took me uh, three separate meetings with an insurance agent, um, 10 weeks overall from first meeting to get covered. Uh, I had to get a health exam. And the insurance agent was upselling me the whole time to buy whole life insurance, which is a much more expensive version of, of life insurance coverage. And just to give you a sense of it, uh, the $50,000 in coverage policy that he offered was about the same monthly premium as a million dollar term life coverage. Um, and that just didn't make much sense to me. And, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with a, a colleague of mine, um, you know, who I worked with very closely at Simple, uh, Stephen Sergnier. And Stephen ran the data engineering team there, and he was going through a very similar situation. He had just become a dad and was going to buy life insurance and kind of hit that same wall. And so through those conversations, um, you know, we ended up deciding to, to start Fabric. And what we realized was that it's not just about life insurance. You know, people don't wake up every morning thinking about, like, how do I buy life insurance? Uh, but when you become a parent, really everything changes for you. You start to think about uh, financial products and legal services that you've never even had to consider before. So life insurance is one of them, but getting a uh, last will and testament put together is another. And then you really do have to start thinking more seriously about your finances and how they map with your partners uh, and start thinking about um, you know, retirement and investing in a more deep way. And so Fabric really is this, this one-stop shop for family financial protection where uh, yes, we can get you up to a million dollars uh, in life insurance coverage, in many cases without a health exam, uh, and more with one. But we also provide a free last will and testament. Um, and then we also provide some uh, really cool free services that help organize your family's finances. So one of them being Fabric Vault, which allows you to create a list of um, your financial account information and share that information securely and easily with a spouse or partner. And so, you know, you can think of the checking account information and your savings account, 
retirement accounts like your 401k from three jobs ago and your IRAs. And uh, all that information is probably sitting somewhere or maybe not even sitting somewhere on a piece of paper. And we just wanted to make it really easy for you to share that information. Um, and then we also built out a bunch of content that, uh, that helps educate folks on all these questions because they've never really had to think about that before. Dow at MX again on Digital Banking Week. The banking industry is changing fast, and in order to keep up with the change, you need to stay on top of the latest news and trends. Whether it's open banking, AI, or how to compete in a hyper-competitive landscape, Digital Banking Week has content to help you stay ahead. Not only will you get access to the top minds in the industry, there will be dozens of content downloads to help you lead your organization as you create the future of banking. Not by computer? No problem. Set a reminder to check out digitalbankingweek.com because you can't miss this. So I want to ask you, Adam, about the um, sort of the workflow component. I think that differentiates you guys from some of the other insure tech entrepreneurs we've had on the show, um, where it's not just about insurance, about sort of everything going into the planning, the what if planning. Um, how important is that um, for the end consumer uh, to approach, I guess, life insurance through this sort of holistic approach, I guess? Yeah, you know, we, we do believe that um, you know, what we're hearing from consumers is that you know, you're, uh, when you think about uh, life insurance as a product category, it's not a, a high consideration product. People uh, are not waking up and thinking about it. They're, it's not what they're planning their day around. And what we've done instead is we've taken a bit more of, a, of an orthogonal approach by offering these, uh, these services that they, that they need and know that they need and that provide real value, uh, like a will. And it may be something that what we hear from is uh, from our customers is that they uh, have plans to do it. They have plans to make a will, but they never quite do it because it requires visits with an attorney. Uh, it requires, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of um, kind of scheduling to make that happen. And so, through Fabric Wills, we allow them to create it in just a few minutes. Um, and then sort of more importantly, uh, they are able to invite all of the important people in their family and in their sort of trusted world to Fabric Will so that everyone knows where everything is all in one place. And so we've, we're really creating this digital map of the family. So your executor, your alternate executor, your guardians, the guardians of your kid, the alternate guardians of your kid, <clears throat> beneficiaries, trusted contacts like your financial advisors, your attorney and friends so that they're all on the same platform. Um, and that's just a way for us to build trust and deliver real value to our audience uh, without just saying, buy life insurance, buy life insurance, buy life insurance, which is not necessarily the message that people want to hear every, um, every moment. And, and do you find that there's, there is a, a life cycle, I guess, approach to somebody that comes in using um, sort of the planning tools before and, you know, and then them being gently introduced to, to life insurance product? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, but on the flip side, because we've been able to make life insurance really a, a modern purchase, meaning um, you know, you're able to come in, answer a, a few questions, and then in a moment get um, you know, be able to buy life insurance and have a, a, an electronic policy. Um, you know, that that's something that you can do in just a few minutes, and so. We are seeing people who are just visiting us for the very first time and are buying, you know, a million dollar policy. Uh, and then maybe later on, they discover the Wills product or Fabric Vault. Um, and you can get Fabric Wills or Fabric Vault without buying life insurance. Um, and it's a free service. So we, we sort of let people choose their own adventure, as it were. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, we do, we do find it's a good combination, but uh, the Wills product is, is really a core part of how we distribute our life insurance. And, and how, are you, um, how are you acquiring new customers? Like what kind of channels or kind of um, techniques are you using to bring in new customers? Yeah, so we've, um, you know, we, we do invest in the usual suspect digital channels, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Um, but really, uh, our, the, the bulk of our focus and our, and our strategy really is on this product-driven distribution, where we've created these free digital products that are, you know, easily accessible, easy to find, easy to use, um, and, and then through that process, deliver real value and, and build trust with our audience, and then, uh, and over time, you know, up to them whether or not they want to convert to the paid products. Um, but we found that it's an effective tool. Uh, I'm curious, this is a little bit of a personal question, but it yeah. sounds like Fabric, because it, it, you know, it germinated from a personal need and a personal experience. Um, if you had to look back, like, is there something about the, the insurance business that um, I guess you would, have, you would have approached differently knowing what you know now? Uh, you know, I would say that... Um, in many ways, the insurance industry is much, um, I won't say it's easier than retail banking, but in a, in a way it's- um, That's stunning. You know, it, what does that mean? Uh, well, you know, obviously insurance is, is, is regulated in a different way than retail banking. Retail banking is, is typically, um, most, of the, most, most of the regulator uh, regulation is coming from the national level mm -hmm. and insurance has some national but primarily it is regulated on a state-by-state -state basis. So every single state has its own department of insurance. And so that mean, what that means, if you are a startup um, or really anyone who wants to sell a policy in a state, you need to have a producer, an agent who is licensed. You need to have an agent, an agency that is licensed. Uh, the product that you sell needs to be licensed. The carrier that you're working with obviously needs to be licensed and set up as a chartered uh, insurance company. Uh, and in some cases, you also need a third-party administrator license. And so that, that is a heavy, heavier lift than, and you have to do that in 50, 51 jurisdictions. Wow. That, in a, in a way, is a heavier lift than working with a, a bank that has a national charter where um, you, know, you don't have to go through that state-by-state -state process. But what I was referring to earlier is that um, you know, the insurance company, the insurance business is a little bit maybe sleepier in the sense that uh, it's very, very stable. It, it has to be. It's, it's been designed to be that way, and that's the way it should be. But as a result, I think the people who get involved in the insurance business tend to be, I won't say laid back, but um, they have a different worldview, perhaps, than, um, than the banking world, where uh, the, the industry has really shifted to fee income to generate its profits. And those fees are generally uh, concentrated among uh, Ten percent of the banking population, and so you have a bit more of an adversarial relationship, I think, in the banking industry than you do generally in the insurance world, uh, where generally, if you're buying uh, a life insurance product, it is it is a good purchase. Buying buying term life insurance is a is a good idea if you have a family. Um, there are there are uh, situations where you know maybe if you if you have a family, you don't need life insurance, but that's Typically, if you're independently wealthy, and not a whole uh, a lot of us are, are in that situation, so that, that's that's what I'm uh, referring to when I'm talking about the sort of the divide between the insurance uh, world and and the and the banking world. As you were saying that, I mean, this is kind of an aside, but you know, insurance seems to me 
like such an interesting purchase because I'm buying it with the intention that I really never have to use it. And I know I heard apocryphal stat once that like 50% or close to 50% of wills are never actually signed or executed. Like mm. somebody went through all the time and energy and cost of actually doing that process, but then at the last moment, like couldn't get over the finish line. It's like, like how, how do you handle that from a, from a marketing product and, and sales perspective, like to help people um, who are, ch- I guess, challenged by this process or maybe they're not challenged. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are challenged. And, and I think uh, that's the product failure, right? Like people who go through all the trouble of deciding on what they want in their will and then never printing out and signing it is a, is a product failure. Uh, whether that's in the offline world where you're working with an attorney or in an online world. Uh, and so I think it's really, uh, it's really up to product designers and, and companies to figure out, well, how do I find some practical ways to, to make this experience, um, you know, actually provide value, not just sort of theater value to, to users. Um, and, you know, we, there, there are a few ways that we, we do that. Um, How's you know, well, one of the main ways is that through the, this sort of, um, this digital network of the family that you're creating through Fabric Wills, in a way we're creating a network of nudgers uh, where everyone in, in that family is, is able to provide the kind of social pressure to get that will signed and executed. Um, and you, you find that in, in all different uh, you know, modes of your life and it should, it, it, it should also be there in the digital life in particular when it comes to getting these important things done and not necessarily just around you know, liking a friend's post or favoriting or whatever. So I think that there's, uh, you know, there are really, we have, we have a lot of great tools as product designers that we can bring to bear on these, um, on these digital journeys. And, um, you know, we, we should be thoughtful on how to apply them, um, but also make sure that we're effective in delivering the value that, that customers deserve and not just what, what um, you know, they think they've, they've come to do and, and then not actually done. I guess, can you take us a little deeper on that process of um, product development, product discovery about how Fabric, you know, sort of identified failings maybe in the current system and, and, and how you go about approaching um, creating a, a better experience for users? Yeah. Um, well, in, in, in my, in, in my sort of offline life, when I went to go get a will, uh, it took me like a year to actually get the thing signed. Um, and a, a lot of that was just uh, procrastination. And so, you know, we want to make our products procrastination free and then also provide those sort of guidelines, uh, to make sure that people are, you know, they stay in their lane to, get that thing done. So another example would be, uh, you know, we're actually having witnesses get invited to mm-hmm. the will. Um, and the, the witnesses are then there to do a job and that job is to witness that will. You create so all we, this accountability and nudges within the product. It's interesting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, what about going forward? Uh, you know, we're getting to the end of the, of our interview now, but like how, we, what, what are you, what are you prioritizing? What are you focused on for the bet? You know, the end of 2019 um, in terms of product marketing, what's, what's high on your list? Right. So we are, a, we are a modern life insurance provider that is providing a one-stop shop for family financial protection. And what that means is, you know, we, we are responsible for the full stack of that life insurance journey uh, from bringing them through the application to electronic signature <clears throat> to the algorithmic underwriting process. And then if someone requires um, 
health exam or more work, we built that whole stack of tools that allow us to do that. And then we administer the policies as well. What we don't do is we, we don't take on balance sheet risk. <clears throat> on the, uh, the one-stop shop side, yes, today we provide that free last will and testament and, and the free fabric vault. But you know, ahead for us um, are all those other products that families uh, and new parents really need to think about when they, be, when they hit that milestone in their lives. So we'll be, we'll be investing in those new products um, and, and rolling them out over time. I, can't, I don't have any specific announcements to make now, but you know, that's, that's what is on our, on our roadmap and what we think about. And uh, you know, we really want to be that place where all new parents can come to start their family's financial life. It's such a great like life cycle event, I guess, to get people to start planning for the future. Um, you guys do a good job, I think, of of addressing that head on and, and using that as sort of the impetus to to get the the you know the ball rolling. Thank you. Yeah, especially when we have a like you said, it's a product that we kind of drag our feet on in terms of procrastination. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of work still to do, but um, you know, it's a, it's a really really exciting and important problem, and our team is we're jazzed to to figure it out. Awesome, Adam. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thanks, Zach.